All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar. So there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, these are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. Ladies, let's talk real talk here. You probably have days when the PMS has you feeling like you could eat anything in sight. My goodness, the cravings and the general discomfort. Well, say goodbye to those days with Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth. Let's dive into why Hormone Harmony is not just another supplement, but a true game changer. First off, it's not just a trend. It's a phenomenon. Social media is buzzing with women singing praises about Hormone Harmony. In fact, a bottle flies off the shelves every 24 seconds. Can y'all believe that? Now let's talk about Happy Mammoth, the brilliant minds behind this wonderful product. They're all about making your life easier, and that means no compromises on quality. They've meticulously crafted Hormone Harmony using only science-backed ingredients proven to work wonders for women like us. But here's my favorite part. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, nature's little miracle workers. These herbal extracts help your body adapt to life stressors, especially those pesky hormonal changes that can throw us off balance. And here's the kicker. Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. It's your secret weapon against those hormonal imbalances that can wreak havoc on your life. From hot flashes and night sweats to racing thoughts and low moods, Hormone Harmony has got your back. And yes, it even tackles the occasional bloat and that not tonight boo feeling. <laughs> the real benefit here, the real win, feeling like yourself again. That's why countless women are raving about it in over 17,000 glowing reviews. We love a verified product, honey. Now here's your chance to experience the magic firsthand. For a limited time, you can get a fabulous 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BRAVADO at checkout. So what are you waiting for, homegirl? Say hello to balanced hormones and goodbye to those days of feeling like a roller coaster. Your journey to hormone harmony starts now. This episode of the Black Girl Bravado podcast is brought to you by Straight No Chaser, The Beginning, by new up-and-coming author Devin Nishay. This is Germany. And this is Brittany. And this is the Black Girl Bravado podcast. A motivating and encouraging podcast where we focus on building community amongst colorful women alike. 
Join us weekly as we sit down and have candid conversations on various topics and issues surrounding self-care, self-love, health and wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and much more. And trust, if we don't have the answers, we'll call on our expert homegirls who do. Our goal is to create a safe space for growth, inspiration, laughter, and love free of judgment in hopes that after you listen, you're a little more knowledgeable or at least a little more entertained than before. It's homegirl vibes here. Real, raw, and a little funny. A lot of fucking funny. So thanks for tuning in to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Hey, babies. How's it going? How is it going? What's up? What's tea? What's, come on, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> How's your weekend? Actually, you know what? Fuck that. <sighs> what? Let me bring some music in. I'm done. I am. Hold on, y'all. You know Germany. where we at with it? Germany. Shh. Hey, hey, hey. If y'all don't know what this is, <laughs> let it let it rest for a minute. We beat to rap. Hey. We beat to rap. Hey. We beat to rap. Hey. 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 We beat to rap. Take it there. Take it there. Where we at with it? We in the motherfucking. Hey. Hey. Okay. Okay. We're in the Bay. We're in the Bay if area. You haven't heard mama we are we haven't caught on by the e40 that was just played yeah we are in the bay we mm. know our past couple of weekends have been a little on the drier side but this weekend we came to the bay we have fun we're currently um looking out of our window in our hotel at the bay bridge we're recording it's a good day yeah we so had a great weekend all of our bay mommies yay yeah you know what it is yes we're home so that was our weekend we went to my godmom's retirement party and had a good time a great time. The denim and bling theme. <laughs> <laughs> we did a little denim and a little bling. So if you've seen us on Instagram or whatever, looking like a, a girl group, that's why we all had on denim. We didn't. We didn't plan. We to didn't do plan that. to be like, hey, y'all, that's just all we're denim. There was a theme involved. Yeah. So. So it was uh, a good time. A good time. So what's tea? New week, new tea. Where we kiki with you, and you kiki with we. We. So this week, um. What do we have this week? Jumping right in, young soldier. Comedy. Big soldier. Big Draco. Big Draco. My God. He has been our form of comedic relief this week, for sure. Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> he was on The Breakfast Club and had an interview that has been turned into memes, interviews, business opportunities. I mean, Soldier was in his bag this week. I know a lot of people are like, what is Soldier Boy talking about? But his comedy was riddled with some truth. His truth was riddled with, with some, some comedy, comedy. That okay? part, he, yeah, he is really the godfather of this new era of like hip hop. He has. I mean, we have Beyonce, everything. Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, Drake, Nicki Minaj, now Ariana Grande. That um itty bitty piggy. Yup. Yup. Yeah. Yup. I mean, piggy. come on. Yeah. So that's soldier. young soldier. That, Big soldier. We like to discredit the message because of the messenger a lot of the times. Ooh, and I do on, admit that. that he looked, something looked a little off. But you got to admit, the stuff that he was saying was facts. Like, why are people coming down on Soldier on his um, Everyday Struggle interview saying, why do you have so many businesses? Why not? Right, right. And that's the thing. When people are small-minded, you can say something that seems so big and impossible to them that they'll shoot it down because they don't understand it, they don't comprehend it. And you need people like that. 
you can't kiki with people like that because you'll be dragged or never ever taking a, a jump, a leap of faith. Man, him and that headband this this week. That he- I went on his page. I don't to know see- why he's wearing the headband. That's a distraction. The same headband vibe. Girl, I went on the page to see how frequently has this pet headband been featured. Times? I can't even count. It was in like almost every fucking. And we photo. know he has coin to get more headbands. So I'm like, is he? He's a marketing genius, so it could be very intentional that he keeps wearing that headband. I Maybe don't know. it's just his thing right now. But he's been cutting up. But Once he brought the uh, Drake lyrics to life. Tell me what's, what's really, really going, going on. Drizzy back, back up in this thing already. What's happening? Yeah. Wow. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, because the Kiss Me Through the Phone was, like, so long ago. I loved Kiss Me Through the Phone. Kiss Me Through the Phone. Kiss Me Through the Phone. She got a dunk. Her booty got swag. Um, (laughs) What was his other one? This right here is is my swag. That was Pretty Boy Swag, right? Body is on me. Yep. Yeah. And then Carrie Hilson had the Pretty Girl Swag. Um, The Crank That. That was the first. That That was on you. Soldier Boy, tell him. Hey, Soldier Boy up in the house. Watch me crank and watch me roll. And now we know that almost everybody who comes new has a dance and song combo. Soldier Boy was like the first. He said that. And that's why he's getting all his money from all that streaming and shit. Because they didn't even know how to put that shit into a contract. You know, back before when ringtones, he got all the profit for that. Oh, he ended up going back and getting what was his? Yeah, I think even before that, he was getting all the money for the ringtones because they that that there wasn't a market for that. There yet. wasn't until that we were like ringtones were new. Yeah, they we were just how. talking about like the first ringtone we had, how we got the ringtone. It's like you kind of had to compose it. Yeah, in the beginning. In the beginning of time, in the beginning of time, days. you had to like compose your ringtone. The first <sighs> ringtone I ever heard was the clips grinding beat because it was so simple, and so someone had composed that on the Nokia and were circulating that around. I remember when, um, yeah, I remember that you used to have to like press certain buttons to get the fucking tone. But once it got a little more advanced, there were certain um, cell phone shops that now had you can the just ring- go in and buy it for a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, they just yeah. download it to your phone. Yep, yep. Ours was like so many for a dollar. What a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Soldier Boy, give him his flowers. <laughs> That's what we want him to have his flowers. Give him his flowers. Yes. While he's still here. For real. What else happened this week? Mm. The Drake residency. Drake residency. 10 million, at least 10 How million. long is he going to be in Vegas? I think he just gets to pop up at as you know over a certain period of time. I don't think he's going to be stationed there, right? He's not going to be living there like no. like a Celine Dion vibe no, where it's, it's like a show every night. No, okay. no, no. Um, well, we'll catch one of those shows. Drake is amazing live. He's an icon living for real. Like Drake has bangers. It's worth it. If you did not make it, even if you did make it to the... um. Drake, what was the tour? Aubrey Drake and, and the, the Migos. Three Migos. Yeah. Aubrey and the Migos. And the Migos. Oh, no, it was Migos. <laughs> um, you need to make it to this residency. Cause I love him. Because he puts on the show, and you just don't realize how many hits he has until you're there, and you're in the moment, and you're just going crazy. If you don't realize how many hits Drake has, he doesn't miss a beat. <sighs> tap in. Tap yeah. into my baby father. Dead. Father. <laughs> Dead. So, yeah, Drake residency, that's a thing. Yeah, we'll be there. That's a thing that we plan on partaking in. Can't wait. Man. Vegas is right next door to us, so that that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem? That ain't no problem. problem. So, uh, yeah, that's really it for the tea. Yeah. Uh, But 
In other news, we want to continue to remind you all to rate, review, subscribe, tell a homegirl to tell a homegirl, post it on your Insta stories, stories and share, um, this podcast. share it. The, it's grown in the word of mouth uh, just in the last couple of weeks. So keep doing that. The things that you love, the spaces that you love, share them. Yes, yeah, screenshot it, pop it up on your story, put it in your group chat, put it on your Facebook, your Twitters, wherever you share information. Share this podcast if you're here, and we know you're here. Mm-hmm. Share mm-hmm. it. Share it. Yeah. Be a light. So Be a vessel. Share it. Uh, we so, share a review every week. Yes, we're going to share our review of the week. These reviews really keep us going, honestly, truly. Seriously. These reviews are forms of payment. Mm-hmm. We accept all. We get these deposits every time you leave one. We read every single review, every single one. So this week we are sharing with you a review from Sharp One. She says, safe we're assuming it's a woman because you know what? We've been having fellas tap in. They've been bumming in. They've been bumming in. The fellas are bumming in. They bumming in. in. Okay, so Sharp One says safe space vibes. This podcast is so needed in our, in our community. These ladies are hilarious and raw. They speak on topics for their audience that need a light shed on them. Their song additives are addicting to the point that I start doing it in my day-to-day life. LOL, but I love that. I love how relatable they are and how they've created this safe space for young women of color to learn and connect through their platform. So here for it. It's basically people of color now. We've accepted it. People of color, yes. Because we, we want our brothers here. We do. Who, where were we at? I think we're, oh, when we spoke with Wes and, and um, Tanai, when they were saying that, like, there's this uh, influx of, like, men who are becoming more aware, mm-hmm. and it's because as women, collectively, we're rising. So they have becoming, no choice but to rise yeah, up to meet us. We're, we're becoming more spiritually and mentally, you know, tapped in. So we got to, we can't leave our brothers down while we continue to rise. We got to pull them up. So, fellas, brothers, if you're here, we love having you. We love you. But it's still for the ladies. <laughs> um, we want to also remind you you can visit us and keep up with us everything Germany and Brittany and the Black Girl Bravado podcast at the back the, the back girl the black girl uh, bravado dot com oh wait no that's not it yes that is oh, the black girl bravado dot com yeah there'll be a newsletter that we're starting this year yes at the end of this month so yes. make sure you signed up before then so that you can get our newsletter it's going to be full of what this podcast is full of in mm. short bites, gems, laughs, love. There you go. Gems, laugh, and love. Gems, laugh, love. Yes. That's your And information. T-shirt. Yeah. Gems, laughs, love, and information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, tap into the Facebook group, the yes. Black Girl Bravado Pod. You don't want to be missing out on that. Homegirl Hangout. You don't want to be missing out on that Mm-mm. extension of this podcast. Yeah. It's lit in there. We're getting more lit by the, by the week. It's growing. Our girls are reading Becoming. We're talking about a little bit of Becoming in there. I personally have it on my reading list. I will be tapping in soon. I might do it on an audio book. Okay. I, might, I think I might do that instead. Yeah. And just, just let Michelle talk talk to me. Is she reading it in her voice? You mm-hmm. know, sometimes they don't. Yeah. And that throws me off. Okay. Yeah. Good. So I think I might do that instead. Okay. So yeah. Hop on over into our Facebook group. Follow us on social. All down in the show notes. It go down. And yeah, what did we talk about last week? Last week was episode 80, Reason for the Season, Understanding Your Alignment. And in that episode, we explained that sex, sex, oh shit, success, not sex, not the freaky deaky. Success comes from knowing what to do and when to do it. Nothing good comes from 
comes from doing the right thing in the wrong season. So we discuss the different seasons we weather through in life and the importance of acknowledging and embracing the season you're in. Uh, we also provided some tips and suggestions to help you move through your journey with ease. Um, you guys were tapped into that episode. We were tapped into that episode. Mm-hmm. We've learned a lot about ourselves. Yes. In our season. Yeah. And we hope that you all have as well. For sure. Love that episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love what we did. <laughs> yeah, love I love that episode. There. But we, we learn as you all learn. We're just sharing what we learn. That's what this podcast is. We're not teaching. We're just sharing. Mm-hmm. So this week, speaking about fellas, we decided to bring on a special fella. This is our first time ever having a fella on the podcast. So first this time. is new. First time. This is new, but this episode is good. It's probably something that you didn't even know you needed. As always, we're about um, awareness. Awareness, yes. We're about discussion. We're about touching on topics that might not feel as comfortable to touch on. We're here. We're letting you know that we're here talking about it, so you should be talking about it too, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. to, um, today with today's guest, we're going to be talking about HIV awareness. We know that's a taboo topic in our community and just in general, and we want to just remove that stigma associated with it because the reality is is people are affected by this, right? And people are living with this. And people are living with this. And even just in our community alone, and when we say our community, we're talking about African Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, They represent 12% of the U.S. population. So 44% of that 12% is living with HIV, Mm -hmm. are living with HIV. Okay, so this is important for us to talk about it is we have the highest rate of hiv diagnosis compared to other races and ethnicities yeah so that means we're experiencing the greatest burden meaning since this is a safe space for people of color we need to educate our people of color Uh and create um, a community and a space around dialogue about things that we don't always want to talk about this is affecting our people that's the first step to removing the stigma because I know a lot of us are like, what can I do? What What am I supposed to do? What's my role in this? It may be hard to figure that out, but we're here with you and for you to let you know this is what you can do. There's so many gems dropped in this episode that will help you get a better understanding of what you can do to assist. Yeah. And just be there. So turn your antennas on. Be prepared to vibrate at a higher frequency because that's what we're doing this year. Mm-hmm. And um, a part of vibrating at a higher frequency is being educated, being knowledgeable, and being liberated. And being That's open. our word. Liberated, okay? Liberated is our theme. It's our theme. For 2018. Legs up, twerking them. Yes. Okay. So yeah, here we go. Get ready. Okay, y'all. So today we have a very special guest here with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike any guest that we've had before, for one, he's a male. So this is our first male guest. But outside of that, this is someone that I know personally that I've known for years now. He's family. Um, and he's also... Just and he's a- also my family now, too. Yes. <laughs> he's our family. <laughs> he's our family. Um but outside of that, he's an awesome, amazing person. He's a creative. He's a stylist who's worked with various stylist agencies in the Bay Area. And he's currently working with Netta Brielle, a singer in the Bay Area. Um, he's a photographer. And he's also an activist for HIV awareness. And that's what we're going to be speaking about today. Something that's kind of a taboo topic, but we really need to touch on it because it's real and it affects a lot of people more than we know. And so that's what we do here on this podcast. We come and we have honest conversations about shit that we just have to talk about and it may be difficult things, but 
we're here, here to break the mold. Yeah, we're here. We're here. Breaking this cycle and the stigma. Yes. So, who do we have here? You gave we all have... the spill without saying who he Sorry. is. Sorry. <laughs> we have David Michael here with us today. Hey, yeah. David. Hey, David. Hello. What's up, y'all? <laughs> hey. <laughs> we're so glad you're here. Thanks yes. for taking some time. To chat with us. Yes. I'm glad I'm glad I'm here too. I'm glad y'all made it to the bay. Yes. Yes, we're here in the Safely. bay area. We're home. <laughs> Germany swears she's from the bay. But no, I am. Actually, I thought you were from the bay. Wow. When I saw your dreads. Wow, I'm giving authentic Bay Area vibes. It See? works. It works. It's all it was it's alignment. And I love your name, by the way, because I was you. born in Germany. Really? We're connected. <laughs> and I know that has nothing to do with no, it. No, <laughs> it's okay. We're connected. We're connected. That's beautiful. I love it. And it's spelled differently. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I like your spelling. Thank you so much. Okay. So, so David, mm -hmm. tell our listeners more about you, like who you are, your journey, how you came to this present moment. Well, Myself, like a lot of, I will say, black gay men, we don't know really who we are mm -hmm. until you decide that's who you are. So I would say for myself, one thing that I am at this current moment, I'm, I realize I'm more of a light to other people, mm -hmm. um, especially since I recently expressed that I was HIV positive mm -hmm. on social media. Um so I came to this point just by life experiences like everyone else. Yeah. Um, I just decided to tell my story for my own purpose of healing. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, that's, it's crazy. So before we get to you even finding out you're HIV positive, right, and getting to the point where you can be so courageous and say, hey, this is who I am. This is a part of my identity now. What was it like even like coming out to your friends, to your family, before the HIV, just being like, I identify as a gay man, a gay black man? Well, I actually came out not as a gay black man, but as a gay black boy, mm -hmm. which was a different conversation mm -hmm. that um, a lot of people don't know how to have. Like you said, a lot of it is taboo. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in a pretty good home had a lot of love and family around <clears throat> i was able to be myself i was a football player mm, come on football <laughs> you were. i was Star a football player you were player. like the typical like jock oh a lot of people say I, i've heard people say that about me yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i'm i'm not like that at all um anyway yeah so i think for me coming out was hard as a 14 year old oh wow star of my football team yeah um, one of the reasons being was just because, you know, this was before social media and yeah. before a lot of the current, you know, movements with mm -hmm. LGBT. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have like an idea of what that life would look like for me. I never really honestly thought I was going to ever express that about myself. Yeah. I, I've Everyone has a different story of, you know, what how they define their sexuality. But mm -hmm. for me, I always knew. That I was attracted to the same sex, mm. and I since had a, you were a young a young <clears throat> pup, ever since I could remember. Wow! And I've known, I've I know that I had like you know girlfriends and all that right. stuff, but that's just kind of like what kids do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like what really, you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really matter to me the same. So I kind of just started coming into puberty, and I was like, I know now what it is yeah. i've heard mm -hmm. this i've i've seen people um 
you know, talk negatively about being gay. Yeah. I was having a conversation with my friend the other day and people use the, the term like lifestyle mm-hmm. when talking about, you know, sexuality and it's not a lifestyle. It's right. just who I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, that was hard because I heard a lot of people talking to me about, you know, this is <clears throat> a phase that a lot of people go through mm-hmm. and, you know, it's a choice. And honestly, for me, I never felt like it was a choice. Mm-hmm. The only phase I ever went through with coming out or being gay or any of those things associated with that the only phase i ever experienced was having to deal with getting other people to understand that it's not a phase yeah like the phase that they were going through that their process of was trying to understand and figure it out and decide what is what it is i just i didn't understand that yeah it was never a phase um that i felt i was coming through or coming out of it Mm -hmm. was just It was hard because, you know, when you're in high school, you care about what your friends think. You care about what your family thinks. Um, Even the teachers and principals and my football coaches knew. How did they know? You you told everybody? No, I didn't tell anyone. (laughs) How What happened was I was in a relationship and people just started finding out. I actually didn't come out. I was brought out. Okay, Okay. no. The Um, drag out. I was dragged out. And, (laughs) you know, I went through... You know, dealing with it with my family, like like most people do. You know, I have a really strong family. Yeah. And um, that was hard for me. And with that, I took a lot of that same judgment and misunderstanding out on the people in the world. So I was like rough and fighting and getting yeah. into a lot of stuff because I was trying to learn how to defend myself. And I thought as being a boy and coming from the family I came from that you had to like show your strength yeah. in, you know, not letting people talk you down or yeah. make you feel bad. But now that I grow up, grew, grew up, I realized I had to find another way to fight. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Come and on. I had to fight using that same energy, but it's more so mental mm-hmm. and yeah. it's more through words and understanding and realizing everybody doesn't understand yeah and um so that that was hard it it took a lot of time for me to get to a place where I felt comfortable to even talk about my sexuality yeah um I like many people still don't know everything about all of the LGBT community Mm -hmm. I have friends who are transgender Mm -hmm. bisexual you know pansexual, all of those Mm -hmm. things that I necessarily don't have an experience in. Yeah. So we all don't know all about it. And that's what I want wanted people to know. Like I don't have the answer to why this person is living their life and really there should be no question about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was hard. Strong at a young age. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't imagine, especially during that time, like you said, it wasn't um, as common or I guess um, socially acceptable and there's still issues today but mm-hmm. we've, we've made progress we've made progress since then so I can only imagine like dealing with all of the shit that a regular 14 year old has to deal with on top of that like I would be shook and then to be dragged out instead of just coming out on your and saying, own yeah this is who I am so you said you had a girlfriend were you in a relationship with a girlfriend and she told on you or it was a boy no, people just kind of started finding out. Yeah, over time, huh? <clears throat> yeah. And it really wasn't something that 
I was upset about. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know. Like I said, I was a teenager. I didn't know how to, you know, deal with the combat from other people or I didn't really know how to, I always felt like I had to explain myself to people Mm -hmm. and people would ask me questions and they would, random strangers would say, Hey, are you um, so-and-so? And And I heard this and is that true? And I would be like, yeah, I didn't know how to, you know, defend myself, but I had to learn through, not through that, but through going to work, paying my own bills, doing the things (laughs) that benefit myself. I realized I don't have to answer anything. Yeah. The only interview that I had is the one that pays me. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so. We're um, not doing the interview vibe. Yeah. And, you know, also I had a lot of people that I was really close to that was there during that time. Mostly women, black women. Mm-hmm. Strong. Strong. Been through a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. I felt like black women for me, which is one reason why I like your podcast. Thanks. Plug. Black women have some secret power that no other human being has on this earth. Yeah. <laughs> and I told a friend of mine who's going through a lot of stuff, I was like, you know, you come from this tribe. You're black, you're a woman, and you're a mother. Yeah. You cannot you cannot tell anyone else what your experience is like unless they can understand. So I had a lot of black women coming up to me telling me you know, you're you're no different, you know. Just yeah. providing you with the support that you needed. Yeah. They provided me with the support, the love, yeah. the affection, which a lot of black men don't yeah. necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they don't share. Sometimes they don't know how, how to express. To, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And, um, you know, thankfully over time my dad learned to you know, share his love and expressions for me as his son, which I really appreciate. Yeah. And a lot of men um, have. But then I also started noticing it's not about whether they're a man or a woman. I think that people will perceive you how you project yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that we don't like to see in our own community is someone who, I hate to say this, but appears weak. Mm-hmm. And so our natural instinct in the black community, we judge each other, mm-hmm. but it's really because we want that person to do better. Mm-hmm. And so and not everyone knows how to approach that. Mm-hmm. And then not everyone knows what you're going through. Yeah. So it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I journey. <clears throat> it was, it's a journey. So fast forward to today after um, coming out in, I guess, you got to a space where you just felt like this is me, this is who I am, take it or leave it, like walking in power, right? Like I don't have to explain myself to anyone. Right. This is just what it is, you know? Yeah. You know, I think um I think I came to that place because I started realizing everybody has their own story. Mm-hmm. And whether you're going through depression or you have a death or you have something that no one else knows about, whether it's another form of a, you know, sexually transmitted disease. I just didn't want to feel like I couldn't be who I was. Mm -hmm. So after I found out, well, first let me start by saying I got diagnosed with HIV in August 2018. So we're fresh with it. It's still very fresh. Yeah. This is new. Yeah, it's very new. Mm -hmm. Um. Me being 
you know, of the black gay community, I, I get tested every year. Okay. I think it's super important to get tested. Um, I've been getting tested regularly since I was about 18. Okay. Or, so you are always aware. You are always up on T. Yeah. That is important for you. You know, Brittany pulled a couple a couple stats that I'm going to read here. So more than 1.1 million people in the U.S. are living with HIV today. And there's only one in seven. I mean, one in seven of them don't even know it. Yeah. Don't like even one know is that, that they have HIV. And you ain't even know it. Right. <clears throat> you know, like that's crazy. But you were on it. So you were getting yeah. tested every year. So you were just going in for your yearly test. Like yearly physical kind of vibe. It was a part of your wellness. It was a part of my routine. I mean, yeah. I would go get tested for cancer, diabetes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got tested. Like our, we, our yearly wellness. Wellness, yeah. Visit. That was a part exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> um, so, you know, I won't go into the details of how I got it, but I will say... You never know. Um, you never know what you don't know. So until you find out the truth, and as long as you avoid knowing the truth, you're you're putting yourself at risk. Yeah. Um. So <clears throat> pretty much, I found out that I was diagnosed going to the doctor. Not even for that. I was actually going. For something else, I started noticing I had patches in my beard. And I'm like, why is my hair disappearing off my face? Oh, my God. <laughs> so I went to the dermatologist and they're like, oh, this is just a form of alopecia. It's kind of a common thing. And they gave me treatment for it, but I never used it. Okay. And it just kind of went away. Okay. But um, come to find out, the doctor, you know, was like, hey, I got your results and I need you to come in. And I was just thinking, well... Why can't he email me like he did yeah, the other results? Right, oh, that's what they shit. <laughs> oh shit. At that point, hearts in hearts at the bottom of my fucking stomach. I'll be like, what? Um, I've only seen this on movies. I will say I never I didn't know I had friends that were living with HIV. Right. So I, I didn't like... know anyone living with HIV. I didn't know how it really worked. Yeah. So when the doctor told me that I was positive, what was my your initial first... reaction? So wait, you get the hair in the beard, the hair's falling out, and then at that time you're just go, you're like, okay, let's do some blood work. Exactly. Oh god. Yeah. So I went, and my first reaction was, okay, like we're gonna figure this out. Mm -hmm. You know, I was very in shock. I didn't know that it had really more of an effect on me until a couple of months later. Really? Yeah. That at, long? <clears throat> at first, um. At first, I thought, well, the first couple of days is fine. It'll be okay. But one thing for me that was the hardest was not the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. What I had experienced, which I think a lot of people experience when you are involved with a person and that no, is no longer... Mm -hmm. And there's no kind of conversation about that. That's always hard to deal with. Yeah. And you feel betrayed. There's a lot of emotions that I that I felt during that time. And I was dealing with the medical um, diagnosis and I was also dealing with a relationship. Yeah. yeah. So that was hard because, you know, you have so I had so much family and friends and people flocking to me close 
you know, secret, secretly, it was only like close family members. I was going to say, so did you tell, did you tell your family or friends immediately, immediately or did you wait? So I actually told my dad and my sisters um, the same day I found out. Oh, wow. Because I didn't want to, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, something like that is very serious. Yeah. And I didn't want to go without, you know, I just didn't want to go into it alone. Yeah. So when you have so much family and people showing you love, it's good. It's very needed. But at the same time, I was so distracted by that. I couldn't, I never really had a time alone yeah. to kind of process. process it. That's yeah. why it took so long. Got it. Yeah. yeah. And then finally I thought, okay, the conversation started dying. Mm -hmm. It started becoming less yeah. of a concern right. because they were so supportive. They would come with me. My sister, Princess and Jennifer, they came with me to my first three appointments because everything the doctor told me about the treatment and the statistics and the whys that we have and, you know, yeah. we want to know how concerning it was for my, you know, life. Your health, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And they were there knowing all the questions and asking questions. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what to ask. I just was like, I don't want to be here. I don't yeah. want to talk about it. I just want to get out of this office. Right. Yeah. So to have them there, it was good. But it took a while for me to realize um I was going through something deeper right. yeah. and I actually started experiencing mental. That was my next question. Like yeah. how, how has all of this affected your mental health? Because even with all the support, like this is a life altering event, right? Especially when <clears throat> you don't expect it to ever happen to you. Like you said, you were getting ch checked regu regularly. You're you thinking were in you're a, taking all the steps. You were in a situation where you didn't think you were necessarily at risk, right? You had no reason to feel like, okay, this could happen to me. So how does that? How did that affect your mental health at the time? Like once you process, a, like, like, okay, I'm really going through this. Well, it was right around... So I actually... Um, got diagnosed August the 3rd and around September, right around my birthday, I turned 31, September 9th, Virgo. Mm -hmm. Come Virgo's on. <laughs> we love to bang the horse, <clears throat> Virgo. Okay. <laughs> and a friend of mine, well, he was, he was someone that I had met, um, through social media and he's a stylist and you probably know who he is. His name is Michael Mann. Okay. Yeah, Rest he committed peace. suicide, right? Or that's I just I know heard. he's no longer with okay. us. Okay, okay. And um, when I found out that that was the case, okay, I looked up to him. Yeah, because I was a, you know, I was a stylist. Yeah, and I, I really loved his work, and I, I admire him. He's a nice person. I met him, and I just felt, I just thought, whatever, whatever it was, you know, people go through in that in that moment. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like I knew what that felt like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was actually on, on my birthday, I believe, I found out, or the day after. And I started realizing that my, I was, I, I was losing self-control. Yeah. I started feeling very, very, um, I started feeling very depressed because I was having conversations by myself. Mm. And I started feeling, I, I wasn't really sure what it was from, but I just started feeling very um, not myself. I just didn't think if I told someone, 
that I would be accepted or I didn't even feel like the person that actually that I contracted it from never reached out to me and like you know I did tell the person and um and I'd want to fight I just feel like wow even hearing this story the fact that they didn't reach out I'm angry like I'm angry. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even my my story, and I'm just like. And I think so that's empathetic. a lot of people's reactions to it because Ugh. it's like, but like you said earlier, when you your first coming out story, you had to learn how to fight a different way. So did that like carry over to this experience? Yeah, and so the bottom line is, with the mental struggles I had, I realized the reason why I was going through that was because it was the first time in my adult life. I made a conscious decision to remove myself from a situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I didn't really want to be away from. You know, when you have mm-hmm. something that you, you're familiar with, you really enjoy, you love, but you know that's not good for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's really hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And to me going through and accepting it and just thinking like, God is just trying to change my view and trying to, you know, get me to readjust and refocus it took me a couple of months to understand that, and I realized whatever someone is going through, whatever someone did to me, and whatever they're going through on their own, that has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. I can't control what someone does or does not do, because they don't, ultimately, I'm in control of my own life, yeah. and I, I had to learn how to forgive. That was the Oof. one thing that I believe <sighs> got, me to, God. got me to this point. I had to learn how to forgive. That was something that... David, I oh didn't know. God. I didn't know was an option. You know, mm-hmm. when you hate mm-hmm. someone so much, or they did you so wrong, you just can't forgive them. Yeah, yeah. I did. You had to get to that point. Like, okay, <clears throat> so probably like, to release you, your own. What self. did you do to like help you get to that point? Like, was it journaling? Was it praying? Was it counseling? Like, what what helped you get out of like the dark space where you were so depressed and didn't feel like yourself to the other side where, and I know like you probably are still working through it, but where you can be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to start working on forgiving and getting out of this dark, this dark space. Yeah. So the first thing I remember is I was trying my best to live a normal life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I actually started, you know, meeting people and dating people. Mm -hmm. I started like going out and doing things that I enjoy. and, And I realized there's still something not right. I felt like I was walking in shadow Mm. so I was at a point where I didn't know if I could live a normal life anymore so I actually started um doing edibles okay Okay. and I don't even smoke weed but I started doing edibles and one day I got a little carried away because I was like okay this stuff is starting to wear off you know but you know that that shit will get you high Real yeah, high, edible. edible. To play with. I, I was I was taking like ten milligram gummies a day, just so I can go to work and function and yeah, be upbeat yeah, and yeah, not be yeah. so down. And it really, actually, it really worked. Yeah. Okay. But one day I was, it was the day my you know, the guy had died, and I actually took like eight of them. Okay. Because I was just going through. It was just too much. My mind was just racing, and I couldn't. I was trying to find a way to bring peace and, Mm -hmm. you know, center myself. But Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do that then. So I was like, well, people told me to take edibles. So I'm going to see what it does. Yeah. And then I started experiencing anxiety. Yes. Um, I've been dealing with anxiety for a couple of months now. Um, 
And I just like, I don't want to live like that no more. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to feel like I can't control my life. I've always been the type of person where I want to be able to speak for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to say, well, he ended up killing himself because of this. And then next thing you know, life moves on. Like, no, I'm finna stand right here. Yes. And I'm finna yes. let y'all know what it's finna be. Yeah. Right. So I said, you know what? Fuck this. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No. Um, no. Okay. You Play know we welcome that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck so this. I'm like, you know what? I, there's too many people that love me. There's too many people that need me. Mm-hmm. I got nieces and nephews and really good friends. Yeah. People that look up to me and people that I admire for the things they've been through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm watching my sisters raise children. Yeah. yeah. Like, to me, that's like the worst thing on earth. <laughs> David? I'm just like. Sometimes I'm like, how are y'all doing that shit? Like. I mean, it's admirable, but at the same time, it'd be kind of riddled with a little admirable. bit of struggle. Yeah. I mean, I just, I have such a free life. I have no enemies. I have no sh- concerns. I'm able, I'm, thank God I'm able to go to work. And yes. I'm, yeah. I'm able to do things that I actually like to do. So I thought, you know, there's more people like me. And I think that because I do have some of a platform, yeah. I mm-hmm. think people would actually changed around that whole stigma yeah. and for me the stigma was killing me yeah yes 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 it, yes. it was killing me so i thought i gotta say something i gotta do it and i didn't want to do it on social media i told myself i was not going to do it on social media mm-hmm. so i actually started planning a fundraiser a fundraiser event mm-hmm. and this was back in october okay i wanted to put together an art gallery which actually is happening later this year which we'll talk about okay we'll be there you know i'm all about surprise so <laughs> um which some people have donated i already raised like 500 dollars in like two weeks on facebook mm-hmm. surprisingly i never did one of those fundraisers but that's going to help me fund the venue so I could raise the money for this event. Uh-huh. But I thought, that's such a long time from now. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do for the rest of the winter? Yeah. So I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go and say something. And I actually wrote a post on social media. And my post was not for people to sympathize for me. Yeah. It was not intended for people to feel sorry for me. Mm-hmm. My post was, there are people living with HIV and the people that are around them who may not understand, please learn how it affects us mentally. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, it was different from coming out from being gay. When mm-hmm. I came out being gay, people were telling me <clears throat> what they thought about me mm-hmm. um, because of what I didn't know mm-hmm. and how I didn't know how to express it. But now people don't even ask me questions. They'll just come up to me and just say, hey... I saw your post and I just wanted to say, like, I'm super proud of you. And I was like, really? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? And I just just started getting a lot of people sending me messages and DMs and text messages and phone calls. I met, like I said, I met over almost like now, almost 30 people since December 1st. 30 people have shared with me their HIV status. Wow. And a lot of them I already knew. For years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you didn't know their status. I didn't know their status. Wow. And that brings me to another point where I'm now dealing with again. Now I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. But not not many people are speaking about it. Yeah. So I do kind of feel like the only one again. But I don't expect anyone 
to do anything that, that they're, they're not, not comfortable, comfortable with. with. Yeah. Exactly. So I tell them, you know, I appreciate you for telling me. That's mm-hmm. super bold of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you don't need to feel like you have to tell anyone if you don't, if you're not ready to. So for me, expressing it, telling people was not what I expected. I expected, um, I honestly expected that people would be very negative mm-hmm. and not really understand and be wondering, well, what were you doing or yeah. how did you get it or right. that's because you're gay or yeah. I didn't know what their reaction was going to be, but I didn't get that. I just got a lot of love from people and I appreciate I appreciated that. You know, as much as uh, as much as technology and social media has advanced and we do have like some negative effects, I feel like because people like you have the courage to speak out and say their truth, um, we do have more support. There is an area for support and there is that, mm-hmm. um, you know, space where people can connect and be like, wow, thank you so much because what you're doing is helping somebody else. You know, like before we didn't have that. Yeah. And um. Even like when you when I saw the post, I was just I was just kind of shocked because I'm like, wait, what is going on? You know, but honestly, the way that you you said it, um, the way you came out about it really made the situation more approachable because as you were coming out, you were removing like the stigma and bringing mm-hmm. more awareness, you know. So I think that was a good approach. I don't know if you intended it that- for it to be like that, but. That is kind of what I started following because I started posting more about it. Mm-hmm. And I started actually sharing some stats and mm-hmm. talking about the treatment. And that was because people were sharing with me their feedback. So I did want it to be approachable. I wanted people to talk about it. I wanted people to be able to ask me questions because um, I don't know all the answers. But yeah. I wanted <clears> – <throat> my main thing was to I wanted people to engage in conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just like we're doing now. Right. And this helps to remove some of that negative stigma. Like there's regular people who, people are regular who contract this disease and they live a regular and and healthy and full lives and they're still whole people. And it's just a part of their identity now. You know what I mean? The more we converse about it, then we can remove the negative stigma. So for someone, um, for like someone who's maybe a little apprehensive or doesn't understand how to help or support a family or friend or friend who mm-hmm. who has contracted HIV what do you think you need or people need from their family or friends like what would make you feel supported in that situation I know people can only give what they what they can but you know sometimes people are like I don't even know what to say or what to do that's very true and I've had that also I've had a lot of people say they didn't know what to say to me, mm-hmm. which I've been knowing all my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will say to answer that from myself, um, just be who you are to me. Yeah. If you're someone who's close to me and that you love me, be that same person first. Yeah. Now, after that, I ask everyone, you know, women, men, gay, straight, go get tested yeah. first. You can get tested anywhere these days. There's free testing at clinics if you don't have insurance or you can just go to your doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I want people to know that I've learned that HIV is not a terminal illness. Illness, It was. 
but the advances in the medication have been able to allow people to live just like someone living with diabetes who has to take their medicine or someone who has high blood pressure or someone who's on prenatal pills Mm -hmm. or someone who, I don't know, you know, has to take Take medicine to control whatever symptoms they're having. It's just like putting lotion on your face. Like (laughs) (laughs) you just have to do it so you can get out there and live your life. And I think that there's a lot of negative associations with HIV because of the past publicity of it. When it first got exposed to the world, it was known as a gay, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a disease. And unfortunately, a lot of people have passed away from that, although the 80s and 70s is not that long ago. Um, I mean, although it seems like it's a long time ago, there's still a lot of people that were affected by the ones that have died. Yeah. yeah. They're still living. And thank God, like I, I'm thankful for those people who unfortunately had to, you know, go through that so they could then study it and learn yeah. about it, how yeah. to make it better. But I, w- I want people to know that my treatment, for example, I'm taking a pill it's a new pill. It's called Big Tarvi. Was this on the commercial? I think that's true. Yes. True. Uh, whatever that is, that sounds else. familiar. <laughs> yeah. The, when you said the tea, it's like basically you take it every day before you, but you don't have to have HIV, right? And it keeps like. Okay, so. That's nice. That's a good. Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, let's um, get into it. So since we're on the subject of treatment, mm-hmm. my treatment is called Big Tarvi. It's, it, it was introduced last last year on the market like four or five months before i started before i got it diagnosed mm-hmm. it was just really new so i was just like i don't know what this is but i don't know what any of these are right right so okay roll the dice the doctor's telling me to take this so how it works to my understanding is when someone is diagnosed with hiv they get blood tests ran on them the blood test will then show the doctor what medication they will be able to take Mm -hmm. because some people have different strains of HIV, Mm -hmm. which is another thing a lot of people don't know. I did not know that. It's not all the same. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that either. So some people, because they have a more complicated strain, they have to take like three or four types of pills Mm -hmm. a day. Mm. Mine, I only have to take one pill. Mm -hmm. Okay. But also this new pill is supposed to be able to replace all those other pills that people normally take. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I don't have to eat, or I can eat with it. Mm-hmm. I just have to take it the same time every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pill you're talking about is... I, I wish I knew the name of it. It's called PrEP. Maybe that's it. Well, PrEP is the... Preventative. Yeah. No, it's the name of, like, the... the <clears throat> there's some long name, but PrEP might be, like... You know how people have a long name, and then that's the short... Okay, got what it. What you call it. Street name. Got it. Right. So it might be called prep period and you just call it prep. <laughs> Something like that. Got it. Exactly. So I think what you're talking about is Truvada. And I think Truvada may be prep. But anyway, prep yeah. is, um, I think prep stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. Something like that. It's, yeah. But anyway, what prep does is it it's prevents you from contracting HIV. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That one. So you can be a man, a woman. You can be 
HIV negative. Mm -hmm. And to get on PrEP, you have to be prescribed by your doctor, just like someone living with HIV mm. would have to be prescribed. It's a common thing that a lot of couples do who one may be positive, one may be negative. Okay. Mm -hmm. Even both of them may be negative and they still take PrEP. Got, Got it. it. I think that's something that I wish we knew about a long time ago. Yeah. My first time hearing about PrEP was actually when I lived in Minnesota oh, in wow. 2015. I found out about it. I didn't believe it was real because mm. I had never heard anyone talk about it. But um, my medication has three medicines in it, mm -hmm. including PrEP. Mm. So You got a real deal. Holy <laughs> deal. You yeah, got a, that's a the combo one right there. Well, I mean, it should be pretty good. It's very expensive. Okay. Oh, I, it's, yeah. It's without insurance. It would be 3000 a month. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, but also, there are programs if you don't have insurance. Like, mm -hmm. I have a pro. I'm, I'm on a program through Kaiser. And it's called ADAP. Okay. Um, A-D-A-P. ADAP allows me to have coverage for my medication. They actually pay for um, my refills. Good, good. And that's through Kaiser. Um, but I think you can get it other ways. You yeah. can get it anyway, yeah, actually. Tap in, y'all. ADAP. <laughs> Go on ADAP. You just have to make sure you make you you fall within a certain like income, income bracket. Income bracket, yeah. And yeah, so I I have ADAP and I have a regular insurance. So mm -hmm. it, without ADAP, I would pay thirty dollars a month. But okay. with ADAP, I don't pay anything. I pay zero. That's what I, I like that. So <laughs> yeah, so that medication is pretty good. It it actually prevents me from contracting other strains. Um, oh. The which I will say, since I have been diagnosed with HIV, um, I have not been sexually active. Okay. And that has been because I just have um, a lot of respect for my body and I value um, the time that people take to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. And not everyone is going to understand that practice of being with someone living with HIV. Yes. So, yes. you know, I don't, I'm still learning too. So it's not, it's not, thank God, it's not something I even think about. Yeah. Like I don't have time. Stay yeah. away from me. Yeah. I know I'm the one that people think got a disease, but I ain't, I don't got time for you. Right. Negativity. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes it's just get into a relationship with unbalanced circumstances can just cause more yes. turmoil. And I don't want to create any type of relationship, whether it's a friend or a coworker. I don't want to have any. Everything is intentional. Yes. This point yes, for out. sure. He's intentional. Um, but... Moving on, uh, finishing up what you asked about the, the medicine, mm -hmm. um, my medicine actually helped me control my HIV. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, which I want a lot of your listeners to know, that HIV can be very controlled. Mm -hmm. And my, my um, HIV is what's called undetectable now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you guys ever heard of that. We have. Yeah. Tell our tell our but people. But tell tell them what it is. Okay. Yeah. So um my HIV status is now undetectable, which means there's not enough of the virus in my blood system for it to be transmitted. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I were to have unprotected sex um with someone, they would not be able to contract HIV from me. Mm -hmm. Um and that's just that's just a fact that not a lot of people know. Yeah. 
Um, so that also did help me with dealing with the stigmas of HIV because yeah. then I had to know for myself, like, why am I worried about what someone thinks about me? If I'm the only person living on this earth, I know I'm going to be alive. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if we're worried about death, then we should all just stop living because we all going to die. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. I've seen that undetectable spill. Have you ever seen that um, True Life episode, True Life, I'm Living with HIV, or I'm HIV positive? Y'all didn't see that? No. Tap what in. Happened? I love it. I mean, well, it was three um, three couples, different people, but specifically, I remember a girl who was living with HIV. She was born with it, so she really had no control. You know, her, her mom was positive or might have had AIDS, I don't know, but passed it on to her, and she was in a committed relationship with a guy. And she would take, she had a test that she would actually take. I don't know if it was swabbed, swabbed every mm-hmm. month or they would do a test together and it would come up undetectable or detectable, whatever it was. Um, but there was a lot of struggle. There was a lot of tension too. And she ended up saying how hard it is to date and be with somebody because of her status. You know, they were trying to just take the, the negative stigma away as well, but also show like there are some challenges. It yeah. was it was sad, especially since she was born with it. You know, it's like it's nothing that she not, not out of her control. Yeah, I've heard about undetectable, and that was really I was completely ignorant to that because I I just thought like once okay, you, get you have it, you HIV, get it. that's it. it yeah, transmitted. But that's a common misconception. And is there any other common misconceptions associated with HIV that you think are good to be shared? Um. Yeah. Like, I know some people are like, how do you get, like, can you get it from sharing a fork? <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. So, one of the things I want to say first, um, don't think that it's sad. Because some people that are living with HIV, they don't want you to feel like it's sad. Mm-hmm. Because then that makes them feel like there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Okay. Got it. That's what I learned, actually. Thanks for sharing. From sh- other people sharing that with me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's certain things you wouldn't you wouldn't say like, um, oh, I got infected with HIV. You would say I I trans- contracted. contracted HIV. Mm. Okay. And you wouldn't say um, that person has HIV. You would say that person is living with HIV. Got so it. These are things that I'm learning how to make it help break the stigma and make it a conversation that is not. Um, bias or make someone feel uncomfortable okay that's good. i love the changing of infected to contracted because we use that all the time like oh they're infected with hiv and yeah. that does sound crazy now that i'm saying it out loud mm-hmm. like okay yeah. you got me yeah See, that, you i mean it's us. a learning it's a learning thing yes. i'm learning every day but yes. as far as um as far as passing on the virus you cannot pass it from like eating off of someone's fork or drinking mm-hmm. after someone or like getting in the same water with someone. If you're in the jacuzzi, you can't get HIV from being that yeah. close with someone. Right. You can't get it from kissing or from, you know, hugging or any of those. Um, sometimes it's not passed through um, by having unprotected sex. Mm. And another thing you said, oh, we were talking about the medicine not everyone that is living with HIV is on medication. Mm. Some people don't need the medication. And they're, um, well, as far as controlling the copies in their their blood set, the viral load. Mm-hmm. So let me just explain that. Because you guys are probably like, what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Foreign language. So <laughs> 
when when I got tested for HIV, there's two things they checked. My viral load was one, mm-hmm. and the other thing was my T cells. Yes. The viral load is the amount of the HIV that's in your blood system. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's by milliliters. And when your viral load is underneath 48 milliliters, um, you are undetectable, mm-hmm. which it won't it won't show. There's not enough of it to show in a detect in a detection. But if you have more than 48 milliliters, you can pass it on. So mine, with the medicine, I'm under 48 milliliters. Um, The other thing is um, the T-cells, which the medicine helps build the T-cells or the CD4. Mm -hmm. you probably heard of CD4 or T-cells. It's the Mm -hmm. same thing. Yeah. That helps fight, uh, fight the virus. So if you're between 400 and 1,200... That's considered healthy, mm-hmm. healthier. So when I got diagnosed, my T cells were at five forty. Okay. And they're like, "Oh, you're in a healthy range," but I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of close to four hundred, though." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes me kind of nervous. Yeah. And when the second time I got tested, I was at seven fifty. Okay. So yeah. that would make <laughs> right? me feel better. It yeah. made me feel better. Yeah. But I want to say the third time I got checked, come on, it went. Hold on, it went down oh. to six something. But then, so I had inquired about it, and they said it's normal for it to fluctuate. So okay. if anyone okay. sees their number, you know, it's it may it may fluctuate. Okay. But overall, it's way far away from from where it was. From where it was. So, and, question: Is there a way to keep that number high? Is it like through diet, through exercise, through lifestyle, and things that you can um, control, like right. you know, things that you eating maybe, or is that like a thing? So I can't say that to be factual because uh-huh. doc, um, medicine and natural um, practices don't always agree. Got it. Okay. But I am a true believer that changing your diet, yes, um, having a active lifestyle, mm-hmm. does contribute to that. Okay. Um, I'm actually about to start um, a fast Ooh. for the month of February. Beautiful. Um, and it's the Daniel fast. Okay. Okay. So I. I've never fasted before, but I want to fast. Um, my sister is vegan, mm-hmm. and the her baby, who's seven months now, she was vegan the entire pregnancy, and mm-hmm. she's just living a vegan life. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I can do that. It's not hard. I don't think it's hard. I mean, yeah. I love vegan food. I really don't even eat that much meat as Good. is. Good, okay. But, you know... Wow, I'm excited. So I'm excited. I'm going to definitely focus on eating healthier mm-hmm. and really just to detox. But I'm also doing the diet because I want to, I mean the fast, because I want to keep that spiritual connection. Yes. Yeah. And my what I'm praying for during this time is peace and clarity. Mm-hmm, and That'll it's, help. It's, yeah, I mean I want to stop having like anxiety and I want to make sure that, you know, the depression is, like, locked away. Yes. Yeah. I'm in a much better place, but it's something that I want to be able to say, hey, this is how I did it. Yeah. yeah. This is maybe what you can do. Or just give somebody an idea to do something different. Um, I've heard of there being a lot of natural herbal things for people to eat and kind of take as medicine mm-hmm. to cure HIV. Mm-hmm. Um, the Magic Johnson approach. I'm still confused more about what so. With him. He had Doctor Sabi hooking him up. I was oh, just about to say the alkaline um, diet and shit. I 
I pay attention to the alkaline diet and mm-hmm. um, I really follow a lot of actually if you hashtag Dr. Sabi yes. on Instagram <laughs> and follow that hashtag, I get a lot of information off yeah, of there. He's a god. Dr. Sabi yeah. is a beast. And um I actually have beast. a friend that cured his own cancer by being vegan back mm-hmm. when this was like two thousand six before yeah. people were even vegan. Yeah. Tap in. So, um, well, people were always vegan, but right. on a national yeah. commercialized level yes. 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 with a market that supports it. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm making those steps right now okay. to change my health. Let us know if you see any difference, you know, maybe that'll be something that people might want to implement as well. If you, if you see a correlation, I know that medicine hasn't, um, said, yeah, this is, this mat, this is, you right. know, aligned, but if you oh, personally sure. see a correlation, yeah, let us know. Cause that would be interesting. Cause I know diet, especially when you transition to a vegan lifestyle, everything we put in our bodies, it totally works synergetically with everything else that's happening. So right curious. that's why that skin is so popular <laughs> you know a little bit a little bit <laughs> yeah. i just finished the, or i'm on on the daniel fast right now and and i asked for the same clarity and stuff and i'm like wow god you're really doing a thing mm-hmm. you're providing really do- clarity i need to get on the yeah fast yeah and um for you real. know i just feel like like i'm this is totally off sidebar but no this is, I do here. this is part of the real life yeah. yeah i just feel like i'm vibrating at such a high frequency and like my spirit is so like okay you know like i'm really tapped in good. um that i think it was a good decision for me so i'm praying for you that your fast is everything that you anticipate is going to be and that you really have some real and that you need it to be yeah that you need it to be yeah and that you really feel some some connection and download and that you feel peace and like all that we're rebuking that depression right yeah. for sure you feel me so i know it's going to be good sure. for you um so what are some other ways that you um just maintain a sense of peace we know that you say you write that was off air yeah um (laughs) but how do we take care of our mental health post like diagnosis because that is life-changing it's like altering you know you have to find a new way to to live and to be like comfortable in your new identity so what are some ways that we are implementing self-care or mental health and awareness during this time I would say the first thing that people should do, which is not the first thought, and it was not my first thought, but seek um, professional um, attention. Yeah. Because sometimes what we do is try to educate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm, and it might make it worse, huh? And when I got diagnosed, I didn't go on my phone and start Googling HIV. Oh. I didn't want to know about it because I knew that that's not the way I wanted it presented to me yeah there was no structure behind this information it's like when you read about stuff that you really don't really comprehend or use or you know apply Mm -hmm, it's kind mm -hmm. of like no sense no point so yeah I would say seek professional assistance so they can let you know exactly where you are Mm -hmm. uh, medically and you'll be able to understand yeah the process versus yeah. you trying to depict it on your own or talking to, you know, your friends or mm-hmm. people that know someone who did this. And I know someone who did that. Right. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. need to know for yourself where you are. That's the first thing. The um the other thing that I do is I just I keep my um my mind clear as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm always like near water or I'm always running. I'm always doing something where I'm not allowing myself to stop doing the things that you enjoy. Not even that I enjoy. It's just the things that 
the younger version of me would have wanted me to do. Okay. It's like, well, what did you see yourself doing at 30 years old? I see myself doing this and I see myself doing that, being healthy and active. So don't stop doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I had to tell myself. And again, forgiveness was the main thing. Realizing Every time you use that F word. Man, realizing that um, nobody's perfect is is something that I do to maintain that mental focus and really just interacting with people. Yeah. I'm really not sure how this would have went if there was no social media. I mean, I'm always on the stories and I'm always doing this and interacting with people, even if it's just one person a day. I get messages like nonstop. I'm probably like full in my inbox right now because people are always... Um, reaching out, reaching to, out to me. So for me, it's therapeutic. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, writing has been therapeutic. Like I told you offline, off air, I am in the process of writing a book mm-hmm. that I'm going to publish. And um, I don't like to share too many details. Yeah. But I will tell you that what that book is going to talk about is, from my perspective, I never give people advice. I never tell people what to do. That's something I'm very clear yeah. and consistent about letting people know. But from my experience as being a black gay male living with HIV Mm -hmm. and um, not so much of what happened, but more so of what to do next, you know, or how this can transpire in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had people call me from across the country to tell me about their diagnosis that are not HIV. And people tell me about their depressions and different things like that. So any way that I could reach other people is really not, um, it's really, it's for me, but it's really not about me. Yeah, that's that's what life is. Yeah, so I started realizing the things that make me happiest right now are the things that are not about me. Mm. Like doing this podcast, I hope that this reaches a lot of people. Yeah. We do too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I hope this reaches people because this is about them. Yes. And what they know about themselves and how they can help themselves, they can help other people. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need in the black community. Yeah. yeah, we do. We really need it. Yeah, my cousin. Because we're so used to sweeping things under the rug or just not really getting to the root cause or really addressing it. And that's where we get pain. That's where pain comes from. Yeah. Or people feel like they can't come out and they really can't live in their truth because they don't know how. Or they don't that's feel true. like they'll be supported, you know? So My cousin was diagnosed at a young age. I wish we had the tools to really have been. Like, we've always been a supportive family, especially my grandma. Um, he's one of four boys. So everybody, we've always known, like mm-hmm. you said, it wasn't a choice. He was like three years old in cowboy boots and like walking around. And my, my mom was like, <laughs> okay, we, we, we see oh, what yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, we knew they knew cause I wasn't even alive and thought of, but it was always known who he was and he was always loved and accepted. But when he was diagnosed, um, it was early nineties. So we were all shook, not shook, but like a little ignorant to it, you yeah. know? And, um, I remember one year we were all together for like a holiday or something. And my grandma was like, is bleach in the bathroom after he uses the restroom, like trying to uh, like assist with some sort of awareness. Mm-hmm. But that was she didn't right. she didn't know. You know, she was like, just make sure you wipe everything down before, you know, have this here on the toilet seat. And we were like, okay. And we was all just in there and not making him feel bad, but he did have an outburst one time. And now I could look back like, 
wow, he was really dealing with something tough. Yeah. There was no internet. We don't know what kind of help groups were available in the nine. It was like 90. I think I was like nine, eight or nine. So wow. this was like 90. Kind of unheard of for a lot of us. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? And he was in his 20s at the time. He's um seven years older than my mom. My mom's 20 years older than me. So, you know, at least... He was older than me, at least like 15 years older than me. And I'm just thinking back like, wow, to be to have been a gay black male in the early 90s diagnosed with HIV. You don't know really what the fuck to do. You don't know how to cope. We weren't talking about self-care. We weren't talking about mental health and awareness. We weren't tough as fuck, you know, and looking at his life now, I could totally see in his life how he's use forms of like self-medication and how drugs have played a place and he's still alive today, you know, but, um, I just, just, he needed support, you know, and I think we did the best that we could, Yeah, but it's tough. There's, there's so much support now these days, but it's hard to grasp it because it's so saturated with some needed, some not needed. So I can imagine he probably went through a lot of stuff, but the support he had was probably like, everything to him right yeah even if it was one person yeah my mom's a nurse and sometimes he'll get sick and he'll end up in the hospital that she works at and she always checks on him and when we when she speaks with him because he's net her nephew um she'll be like let me know your t-cell count like i know about that the language because i know of him and she's like he's doing good i knew nothing about it yeah i've always had somebody in my family as long young as i can remember who was living with um hiv but i know that Hmm. things could be better if he would have had the if if you, you know, guys would have had more knowledge and information. Yeah, about, and I think just him, not even our family, like yeah. in the community. Right. Well, even, yeah, like in the within the community. Yeah. Um, like you you mentioned him being a black gay male. I think that one thing we need to understand in our community is that a black gay male is still a black male. Yeah. And a lot of people forget they're not separated. Or in in a female's um community, you know, women stick together yeah and then going into it a little depth black women stick together and then black mothers mm -hmm. women stick together but in the black community it's like black gay man straight black man yeah yeah yeah. and it's it shouldn't be that way and i would like for um black men just to be a little bit more knowledgeable about the stigmas i mean there's many things we need to talk about yeah but in particular since we're talking about hiv if a if a black man was empowered to give that support and say hey that i'm going to support that that's man. my brother that's my brother that's my son that's my friend man it will empower other people to accept it and that's why the women in the black community they have more of a reach to change that man's mindset unfortunately right now the women in our black community are very powerful yeah and um but however the a strong black woman is gonna be in support of a strong black man yeah and it needs we need more strong black men say that i saw wes um mentioning how um it's hard for black men or men in general to give compliments to other men. Like women, we gas each other up. We'll be like, "Girl, you look so fly." Yeah, I like, love okay, your hair. Work. Yes, yes. 
But rarely do you ever see a man like complimenting another man, like, okay, bro, you look nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, without having to say no homo or following up with something along or those like lines pause. or pause. And like, we really need to change that because just like we feed off of compliments, men do too. And we just have to encourage and uplift each other and feel like we can go to each other to seek counsel and support. And so I don't really know what it's going to take because. Like you said, it starts very young. Like a lot of men feel like disconnected from their father sort of emotionally. And so I think that just carries on into adulthood and why there's it's harder for you to connect with other men because in the home, it might have been hard. Like men don't feel like they want to kiss their sons or hug their sons or affirm their sons in that way without saying like you better be tough you better not cry and you kissing your son doesn't make doesn't change your son's sexuality like your son is who he is off top regardless regardless the yeah. sexuality is already what's it gonna be so kissing your baby like I, if i have a son i'm kissing them for sure yeah. all the love <laughs> but yeah they need to be kissed and hugged and loved by their fathers too so that yeah. there's a sense of community and love and support coming from men to men. Yeah. Because then black women, we be tired. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. But, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things associated with, you know, showing love. Mm-hmm. Giving love. There's a lot that comes back from that. Yeah. And, um, like you said, I don't know what it's going to take. I was having a conversation with my brother-in-law the other day and he was we were just like talking about things Mm -hmm. just like how we're talking and he was like i got a question what is it gonna take for black people to be free Mm -hmm. and i was like what you mean (laughs) i said well what do you feel as a black man would make you feel free Mm. oh okay you flipped Flipped it yeah because everyone has a different definition definition of of free. free yeah and um you know one person in the room said you know not to live on government assistance Mm -hmm. and then another person said not to walk out in fear and i was just thinking education not a degree i'm talking about just informing each other like how you knew hiv was since you were a child yeah just talking about the things that they're going to talk about in the world yeah Yeah. you know we gotta liberate each other we do it is it's it's a hard um it's a hard thing for young people to grasp. Like you guys made the conscious decision to relocate mm-hmm. and further your knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that we typically think about mm-hmm. in certain communities. Yeah. And um, I think educating people within your own household speaks volume. Because if you can talk about a subject at your kitchen table right you can speak about it in public Mm -hmm. and the problem is when these issues are coming up we don't have a voice in public because we don't have Have a a voice voice at at home home. yeah yeah so so if you're a mother or father out there start empowering your children to have conversations it's not the you listen to me what i say is what it is like we have to start encouraging our children to have this yeah dialogue and breaking these taboo topics, making them not so taboo so that they can go out and speak in power. Like, you have nephews, you have nieces. Like, you're going to be really instrumental in their lives because yeah. they have someone who's going to be pouring into them, informing them. So when they go out, they can go tell their friends, and then it can just be an ongoing cycle. And we can normalize it because it is normal. It's normal. There are people living with diabetes. There are people living with high blood pressure. And there's people who are living with HIV. Yep. It is what it is, and I'm so tired. I have to do it at least once. (laughs) 
So, this was an informative conversation. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Hopefully, our listeners have learned a lot, and they pass this information on. Yeah. Um, We're so thankful for you, David. For, David, you're a strong, strong yes, man. Thank you. For coming, for sharing your story in general. I'm but glad really, you guys coming invited here. me. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate it. We so, appreciate it. Before you head out, because we got to let him get to Berkeley. Berkeley. Um, <laughs> he's going to Berkeley, right? Well, I am, but... Do you guys have any other questions about HIV or anything we talked gave, about? You gave so much information. You know what? we? I don't have all do. the answers, but you know, we there can, are questions. You know, David, we go on live on Wednesdays. So oh, wow. If you could join us on live. That would be Can dope. you please? <laughs> if you could join us on live. I love y'all live. I'm sure after listening to this conversation, there are people who do have questions and we don't know all the answers and you don't either but you know we're all learning together definitely we can go on live we can answer your all all of you guys questions um oh we love gosh. doing that so if I'm you're down. down for it join us on live okay so it's a thing it's, it's a, a function thing, yeah. it's a gangster party we're okay so really live. quickly david tell everybody where they can find you because we're sure that the same way you have been connected with people who have shared their diagnosis with you and who are living with um, HIV and things like that and even other diagnoses because at this point you're an activist my brother yeah you're a pillar at you know at this point we're calling people to you so where can our our people find you and become your people where can they get to know you at share your handles I'm, I'm on Instagram mm -hmm. um, at David Michael official love it so I can get to people there they can reach me DM me yes, yes. I have my PayPal account there as well <laughs> yes. so if you want photos yes if you want styling yes and you have an eye david can dress me and david went to the prom together oh. <laughs> i was trying to find those pictures i have some okay, that was send a me that those. Was, do a tbt uh, good we that look was, nice that was the memory we love yeah to we see look that. nice do you um, have any um, websites or any uh, sites for information if people are struggling or just want more information about HIV or awareness or depression or just anything that can help during a, a, a challenging time? Um, yeah, there are some places in the Bay Area. I know one that's pretty um, good is uh, the AIDS project of the East Bay. Mm, okay. And that's I, I've I've kind of watched them and followed them. They do a lot of um community, you know, outreach. But there's so many all over the Bay Area. Yeah. Um anywhere you go, I would just say go on Google. Yeah. And okay. find something. Yeah. In I'm, your community. I'm actually about to start joining a support group um Ooh. the the last Tuesday of every month. Love that. Love that. Oh my yeah. God. The, the, you're really, you're you really chosen. grabbing this shit. Yeah, buddy. this is, you know, it's it's funny when we take things that happen in our lives and flip them. You know, we don't let them become us. They become a part of us. We don't let them happen to us. We really just put our foot on the next, like, okay, this is a part of my journey. Yeah. For some bigger, something, like you said, bigger than you. Whatever it is. You're and saving lives. And when it first lives. happens, it's like, damn, like, why did this happen to me? But then you learn, like, okay, this happened not to me, but because this is going to help somebody else. Yeah. You're saving people straight up. Yeah. Somebody might be diagnosed and be feeling like living on the edge. This is it. I'm done. And then they see you living a happy, whole, full life and be like, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Yeah. Actually, this experience inspired me to actually go back to school. Mm. See? So I'm, I want to go back to school right now. I'm actually already enrolled in the school. Come on. And <laughs> I just need to take one class, then I get into 
undergraduate, I want to go into working as an HIV counselor. Ooh. And wow, I, my original major was psychology, and I just stopped doing it because I was, was focused on too. fashion. I want to go back. Kinda, yeah, we kind of had um, I did similar trajectory because we we're both in fashion. fashion. I you thought I was gonna go to fit them, but. After the coin, it's expensive as fuck. That happened to me. I got enrolled into, I got accepted into FITM mm-hmm. and I, I actually unenrolled. Yeah. <laughs> the shit was like 20000 a semester, and my mom was like, fuck it's no. not happening. I'm like, you're ruining my life. Yeah. But um, I think this is working out for you. It's going to work out yeah, for you. It's, it's working. already working it's out working. for you. You're coming Thank you guys. You guys, I really appreciate this conversation. Yeah. This is like the start of my day. And this is, you know, just what I look for on a daily basis is interacting with with people that are willing to listen and learn and understand. And mm-hmm. that's so important to me. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So um, we're going to wrap it up. We're not going to do the our, normal spiel. Our normal spiel that we do on the episode. This is really about information. Yeah. And just erasing the negative stigma because we're not here for that. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Join us on live on Wednesday. 6 p.m. Pacific mm-hmm. Standard Time. David will be with us. We'll be answering any questions that you have if yes. we can. Or trying to lead you to information to have your questions answered. Yes. Again, David, we appreciate you coming and being vulnerable and sharing your story. We know it's not easy. Yes. Um, but We, we are, don't take it for granted. We don't. And we're so grateful Thank and you. thankful. All right, you guys, we love you. Okay, bye. Bye. Pretty color girl. 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 Pretty